Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Farm to Table Studios, located on County Road 42 and Nicollet in Burnsville, featuring six local farmers. Taste the difference, award-winning. This is The Howl, and we would like to welcome everybody to the new Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other, featuring all teams and all topics from everybody's favorite league, the NBA. And we are very excited to have everybody along for the ride. The Howl is brought to you by our wonderful supporting partners, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, and Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. I am the fadeaway of the radio world, your host, Kevin Draves. To my right, Aaron Reverse Layup Groshong, the producer of the show, and seated to my left is none other than, the, than Rob Free Throw Line Dunk, Hess. He is the jack of all trades for this wonderful program. Our first half show features a rundown of the Wolves week that was and look ahead to the upcoming schedule. We will also have our talkers segment covering everything Wolves, NBA and WNBA. Eggnog? Tom and Jerry's? Good seasonal beer? No, this holiday season, have a sip of the howl. Happy holidays. Quarter one of the Howl, as always, this is where we break down the Wolves week that was and take a look ahead to what is coming up for our Timber Pups. Uh, Three games to cover. We played the 76ers, the Kings, and the Suns, uh, and then we will look ahead to the week coming, which is four games for, for uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. So let's start Tuesday night. ESPN the second time I think in two years that we've played Philly on ESPN and it was a matchup that everybody is was super excited for uh Carl Anthony Towns versus Joel Embiid yeah they always seem to you definitely have fun when you watch this game right when you when you see these guys play together uh I mean unfortunately obviously the Wolves didn't win this game but Carl Towns had a you know, had a, had a monster game, 19 points, 16 boards. I mean, you definitely 
got a good showing, but man, Embiid had quite the game. Yeah, he did. Well, this w- was uh, the third Embiid Towns matchup. Yep. Towns, if I'm keeping score at home, is up two nothing. Yep. Embiid definitely takes this one home. Yeah, no question. He took it to him. And Towns played well. It's just. Embiid was on a, on a whole new level. Yep. He was showing the full array, um, hitting shots, getting to the paint, causing, um, you know, troubles in the paint, you know, and he, he won the petty tweet battle, uh, after the game too, with the, his Instagram post burned a cat, you know, it was fun. I love that. Yep. You know, I'm a big fan of the talking crap and, and you know, and, and well, kind of, it's, it's something that I think that the league has been missing over the years. I mean, we never, we never really ha- had a, that kind of guy in the league until Embiid kind of came along and we've been seeing it more. And I think the biggest thing that more like the, the more hardcore fans along with the players realize is that there's no hatred from Joel Embiid to these players. Like it's all in good fun and the guys dish it back and like they have respect for each other when it comes down to it. But like, when it comes to the game, like Embiid's going to take it at you and he's going to talk as much trash as he needs to, to get in your head. Exactly. You know, it almost reminds you of the USC where, okay, the matchups are set these guys are going to fight each other. And all they do is promote and talk crap to each other. And it creates this buzz around it. It, yep. makes, it, it draws people in. They want to see that matchup. That's what I equate this to. It's, it's the players themselves are the matchups. They're the reasons why the people go see the games. You're going to see the games because you want to see what Towns and Embiid are going to do. But let's shift subjects here. Let's talk about how this game finishes. Because first off, this was the most entertaining Wolves game I saw all year. Like Rob said, I wish they would have won. But how tired they looked at the end of the game. They could not close when they had, a what was it, up eight? I think so. With just a few few With minutes like four to go. Minutes left or something. Yeah. And and then they looked absolutely gassed in the overtime. You had a monster night from Jimmy Butler. That is wasted. And really, I didn't have many complaints other than, you know, Jamal Crawford couldn't really get it going. That could have been huge. But this is the three point shooting, man. That was whew, that was trash. This is the, uh, you know, those, the plays, Tom Thibodeau at the end of game, it's like a slow train wreck. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because, because for whatever reason, I'll be watching them and I'll be like, where's the offense? Why aren't they running offense? Why aren't they running a set play? And they're just freestyling it. And and there's one, two pass ball, holding ball, watching at the most critical time. You just can't have that. The The coach has to take control. He has to get you a, a play, at least get you a good look. They never have good out-of-bounds plays, though. I swear, he just says, th- he throws it to Butler and just do something with it. Yeah. It's like that meme. It's the meme, you know, where they have the guy poking the thing and it says, do something. I feel like yep. Tom Thibodeau's the guy and he's poking Jimmy just saying, do something. Yeah, here's the ball. Do it. Like, I just don't like that. You know, you, you talked about how the game didn't, there wasn't anything necessarily, but what struggled to me was, 17.2% from three, five of 29 Ugh. in modern NBA. That's not going to win you games. Especially, I mean, Wiggins was one of seven. Ugh. Well, I think this started the, the pinnacle of the minutes talk 
right? It, here in the Twin Cities, um, those tuning into Dash Radio is nothing but Net Channel out of out of the Minneapolis metro area. Here, um, there's a lot of buzz around town in regards to the minutes, the overusage of the players, a lot of statistics going every which way, really just all pointing fingers at the coach and running the team into the ground in former Bulls players in the ground. There's some validity to it. There's some uh, substantial counter arguments. The fact of the matter is this, you know, I don't care if a superstar is used to getting 44 minutes, like take Michael Jordan, for instance, in his prime that worked for Jordan minutes work for certain players minutes worked on certain teams. But if the minutes aren't working on this team right now, then it's simply just not working. So you can't do that. You have to find something else. And later in the week, we did get some bench play and we did get a a greater blend of usage across the board. But this was a prime example of riding the horses that got you there straight into the ground. 48 minutes for Towns, 45 for Butler. Yuck. Yeah. I mean, let me pull up. Why don't you... Talk about something here real quick. I want to look at um, the box score. What do we have? 10 players for the the 76ers were on the court. We had eight. And that makes a difference. It does. I mean, I mean, their their top guy still only played 40 minutes. I mean, you can't you can't really compare. Now, look, so, I mean, the, the big thing here, I think at least one thing I should say. I mean, this this just proves how much we're missing belly. And how much having him him out of the rotation now, granted he suits up, but he still doesn't play right now. And, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of Twitter is saying that he, that belly will be back in about a week. So maybe right in time for that Christmas day game, but there's no timetable ankle injuries, foot injuries are so just unknown. I mean, as, as a guy who sprained his ankle three times in two weeks, when I played some amateur town ball, like, you never know at what point you're going to be able to comfortably play again. And that's the biggest thing. If you're going to run the minutes that belly runs for the season duration that belly runs, you got to make sure the foot is hundred percent. So we don't want to rush them, but you can tell through two of these three games that we're going to talk about just how much we miss belly. Yeah, well, I, I think you're right. You know, before we move on to the next game, the one thing I want to mention is, we we brought up the Carl Towns Joel Embiid back and forth on Instagram. What I thought was funny was Joel Embiid specifically, you know, called out Carl Towns defense. He actually played pretty good defense in this game. He had a couple nice blocks on Joel Embiid. Well, but in, in the same token, he had a couple just absolutely like what? what but in general, moments. he he played some pretty good defense in this game. Uh, I get it. You know, down the stretch, he was tired. No question. But I, I overall, we're definitely seeing some improvements from Towns on the defensive end. Is now the time to talk about? The, the reason why belly's not back in the lineup is that from, from what I've heard is he wants to be completely 100% ready to go back on the court. He's not willing to step out on the court at 85, 90% because he's trying to protect his value in the NBA because he yeah, was off to a good start He's in a contract year. I well, understand he doesn't play enough minutes. I know, but the reason I bring that up is that is selfish. And I get it. Sometimes you have to be and it's a business, but then it's team. And then you have to be self. you have to be selfish and then you have to be selfless. And a team is truly selfless, right? We need him right now, but he's not playing because he's protecting his own. But there's more to it than that. The reason why he's he's not playing 
because because this was from Doogie who had that scoop. Yes. And he said specifically the reason he'd be back right now if he was playing minutes. But because he plays like 10, 15 minutes a game, he doesn't want to risk it. And I don't blame him because for him to make the most the, the biggest impact in a short amount of time, he needs to be healthy. So if he's not 100 percent, I get not wanting to come back like Kevin talk, maybe aggravating that injury again. So I understand where he's coming from. It's a double edged sword. Sure. Now. When it comes to him, I'm in the camp now, and I don't even know if it's a small camp or what have you. I haven't really heard if anybody's really getting this is catching momentum, but I'm for trading him and getting rid of him Why? because and I'll tell you because he's not contributing right now. And and it's because he's hurt. I understand that. But go back to last year. It was inconsistent play inconsistent play. He has not lived up to the hype. That's if, not really if, true. Yes, it is true. Not really. Last year, we were actually playing really well with Belly. And the second Belly went down, the season was over. If you look at the team with Belly and the team without Belly last year, you can't compare the two. He had an average year as far as I'm concerned. And this year, he started out great, especially for a bench player. But without having him available... And if if somebody's willing to give us value for him based on him playing great or what he did in this first stretch of the year, I'm all about saying, see you later, buddy. Because let's face it, he's getting old. He's not going to get any quicker. You know, is he going to get any better? Is the foot a long term issue? All of those things I don't want to deal with. And I would be completely for fielding trade offers for him. And trying to get somebody that's younger and that's healthier. You said he's getting old. He's in his prime of his career. He's 29. Yeah. And, and, but <laughs> the prime of career has got him in, you know, he's playing. How many games did he play last year? High fifties. What last year? Yeah. Uh, last year he played 65 games. Okay. 65 games. So majority of the games. Ah, uh, I don't know about that. It, it, I I'm just, just telling I, you, man, I expect when more. he went down last year, it ended the season. He okay. was playing well at a very high level. There you go. That's why I'm probably in a small camp. But I tell you what, I'm all about. I wouldn't hurt me one ounce if we got a bit of value out of him. A pick, a player that can contribute right now, can fill a hole. Yeah, we do need somebody to stretch the floor and hit some threes. We need three point shooting. Guy led the league in shooting. Yeah, I understand that, but he's not playing. He's not contributing. And from what I'm seeing right now, he's being a little bit greedy, and I don't like that. Mm, That's my know. take. It That's what I'm me. saying. I don't. I don't think it's greedy. I think he's looking out. I mean, there, yeah, there, comes, for a, himself. there comes there comes a time in every athlete's career where you got to look out for your health, and that's not being greedy. That's wanting to ensure that you can that that you're around and that you're able to. Like, you know, not even not even on the court, but outside of basketball. But he's not playing because he's not getting enough minutes that he thinks he needs. But if but you're the bottom thin, line you is play him either, because if a guy's hurt and he's only playing 10 to 15 minutes a game, number one, in 10 to 15 minutes, you're not going to have a large impact. So if you bring a guy back, that's I would argue the difference, then he might not be very effective and you might get really poor 10 to 15 minutes. So I think if you're Tom Thibodeau, you might say, look, we'd rather have you be 100 percent. At 10 to 15 minutes, then 75%. All right, fine. I'll, I'll give you that point, Rob. I'll give you that point because, yeah, if he does play, if they're not playing him, then maybe they do see, hey, he can't be effective in a 10, 15-minute stretch. But the bottom line is this. We need somebody that can give us 10 to 15 minutes because we need we need to be able to take a couple of these guys that are getting major 40-plus minutes, and we need to give them some rest. That's what we need. Agreed. But, again, when he comes back, when he's healthy, 
he should be he should get more minutes. I feel like he should be getting 15 to 20 minutes minimum. Look how good a shooter he is. He can play multiple positions. So and furthermore, I, and you know, if we're gonna have Shabazz on all these DNPs, I'd much rather have a guy like Camille Jefferson come up. And I know we're gonna talk some Iowa Wolves here in a minute. I'd rather have some some of those players get some light you know we have some rebounding issues Emil Jefferson Rob just informed me is uh, leading the G League in rebounds per game get him up here put him in the game for a few minutes alleviate some pressure we've already seen Marcus George Hunt make an impact yeah he's getting meaningful minutes and there's a guy like Anthony Brown Anthony Brown's been playing fantastic he's shooting 41.2 percent from three averaging six attempts per game yep so let, let's uh let's jump into this next game here, Kevin. Yeah, so Wolves, uh, Wolves lose to the Sixers, one eighteen, one twelve, in overtime. Uh, game number two on a nice little five game homestand. They move Thursday night to take on a I, I I'm just gonna call them sneaky Sacramento Kings team. This is a team that doesn't really have an identity. Everybody thought they were gonna be in rebuild mode, and they get guys like George Hill and Zach Randolph. Um, but nonetheless, this is a Kings team that has the potential to steal a game if you're not in the right mindset. And the Wolves luckily did not allow that to happen. They trailed in the game by looks like no more than two points early, and then they never trailed again. Uh, this was a complete domination of a game for a Wolves team led by Carl Anthony Towns. He was good, too. I mean, he really had a good game. You know, another exciting match of playing against his former Kentucky teammate, uh, one of Rob's favorite players, uh, Willie Colley Stein. Oh, yeah. He really made a point to go after him a handful of times. And, you know, it was all in good fun. I seen a couple of times they had shared a few smiles as they're running back down the court. Um, the Kings, they threw out the entire roster, all 13 that were dressed, played. Um, you know, Vince Carter's on the roster. I mean, you forget uh, some of the vets on this team. Yeah. Buddy Heald really had an underwhelming night. I would say I, I, I can't put my finger on him. He hasn't played great, though, recently. You know who else did for me? De'Aaron Fox played only seven and a half minutes in this game. He doesn't play a lot. Well, he was he also got um, he got pulled early. He was injured. So they rotate the young guys in quite a bit like Josh Jackson played in this game. And I believe the game before that he didn't play. So like they just they they kind of mix and match a bit. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of inconsistency. Um, Bogdanovich he logged some major minutes. I really I got to be honest with you guys. I expected more from the Kings. I thought I was going to see something a little bit better. I got you know, I know Zach exactly Randolph been playing playing at a high level, and he didn't really seem to have his game going on. But I think he kind of struggles against the lengthier players. Um, there wasn't much to like from the Kings. Bottom line. You know what, on the, on the wolf side, guys, we had a Cole Aldrich sighting two minutes, 41 seconds of Cole Aldrich along with Aaron Brooks. Uh, the, the two, well, them, it should be noted that was his, and he made his first basket of the season Yeah, combined. They went three of three for seven points. Can't steal his shine like that. And one Kevin. of one from three point land man logged in. Got NBA basket. Hunt in this game, which was really nice. You know, looking at uh, Twitter after this game, a lot of the sports writers, uh, Darren Wolfson, John Krasinski, those guys were all calling for Marcus George's hunt to get more playing time. Um, and and a lot of them had that that information that he was going to because uh, he's played so well 
in these, you know, in this game against the Kings, especially with his, I mean, he got six, almost 17 minutes of, uh, of court time in this game. In this blo- the problem I have is still, this is a blowout and you still have like 35 minutes from towns. Yeah. I mean, 34 to me, from, uh, you, if you 33 can't, from Wiggins. Yeah. If you can't get guys rest in, you know, Butler 35 and a half minutes, I feel like if you can't get rest for guys in a blowout, yeah, I mean, when are you going to get rest for them? I mean, that, so that's still a little troubling to me. But yeah, no, I agree. Marcus George's hunt has looked really good in the limited he's played plus seven in this game. He's shown the ability to hit the three. He plays good defense and Thibs himself said part of the reason they want to play George's hunt is his defense. Well, if you want good defense off the bench, I, I, I would just say play him a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a physical player. I mean, you know, when he comes in the game, you can really see his size. I, I saw a couple plays where he did get a little bit lost, but that's okay. I definitely think he can shore that up. I, I guess of all my takeaways for the wolves in this is Andrew Wiggins, not doing some extra stuff. I've, I've been a bit underwhelmed with Wiggins play as of late. I haven't liked what I've seen in terms of aggressiveness and you know, he was getting rebounds early at the end of the season. This game, one rebound, how many assists did he have, Kevin? Zero. Yep. Zero. Three or four from three is nice, though. I, I, I get that, but he, he's got a really, I, I don't know if it's a teachable thing or it's just you just got to learn it by experience, but he has so many tools in the toolbox where if he became a better passer, if he was a bigger threat to dime people off, because Everybody's worried about him driving and getting, you know, getting to a spot and getting a shop over you. But if he can fake him out and set it up where he can get a guy open and create an opening, I mean, that's that's a powerful tool. That's what you see. That's the difference between him and Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler can get and do all, all the things that Wiggins can do, but he can also I think right now, currently, it's like of players logging meaningful minutes. He's top three. It's it's a him, LeBron and I, I'm trying to camp. I'm losing the third player on assists per game. You know, he's averaging almost six per game. So Wiggins can step it up in terms of the versatility. And let's not forget, he is a max contract player. There is expectations that go with that type of salary. And one rebound and zero assist doesn't cut it for me when you're paying max salary money. That is the bottom line. But we did have a Wolves win, and it was in a, a blowout fashion, so we will take that. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You got to be happy with it, especially when you come to the next game, a Saturday night game against the Suns at home. This was a game that had a lot of hype surrounding it. Hype, that's the word, New man. New jerseys. New jerseys. Every fan in attendance gets a super nice lime green t-shirt which i absolutely love mine the aurora they're not lime kevin the aurora my apologies uh howell former guest and minnesota rap legend prof performing at halftime no devin was there no devin booker for the suns this this was a game guys that Taylor made for a, just a smattering victory. Yeah. Just the last thing you thought was a trap game. And then and the Wolves started off really well, too. I mean, they moved the ball around well. They got out to a huge lead. And then it just it all came crashing down and, and the bottom and fell out. Looking at the looking at the differential, the Wolves 
did not trail in this game until about halfway through the fourth quarter. They yep. just they just run out of steam. I mean, honestly, they just run out of steam. It's tough. The bench was bad in this game, by the way. It's tough when expectations are so high and you fall short in anything in life. And with this basketball game, it was exactly that. The team is out there promoting the jerseys. Everybody come check this out. Everyone's excited after halftime. They want to see Prof perform. The Wolves are winning. And then it all starts to cave in. If you take away Taj Gibson, all the starters were a pot, were a pot, a net positive in this game. Like significantly, like Carl Towns plus 13, Jimmy Butler plus 10. But then you go Jamal Crawford, 17 minutes minus 17. Now, again, plus minus isn't a great stat game to game, but that still th- jumps off the page. You Gorgie Jang, 15 minutes minus 17. Those guys really struggled. How about how about I give you some numbers that uh, that that do paint a picture for you? Uh, first it. off, turnovers. The Suns, 23. The Wolves, 6. Yep. You should win the game. I mean, you should have an easy time winning the game when that happens, and you didn't. I Step. honestly don't know how you lose a basketball game with six turnovers. If that was the San Antonio Spurs, they win by 28. If you could blame, seriously, I'll tell you this. If there was one thing, if you were to pick one thing out of this game to blame for this game and not for us losing, it's one person's fault. If you wanted to point, pinpoint one play, do you know what play that is? You were at the game, Kevin. Yep. What's the one play? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it was Jeff Teague. What an idiot. Like, not you, Jeff Teague. Who, and tons of the Wolves do this. Don't leave your feet. So Don't leave your feet. So here's my, here's my, uh, my analysis of this. So the Wolves, I mean, a couple solid defensive plays. You're down six, two and a half, three minutes left, what have you. The Wolves put together two incredibly solid Back-to-back defensive Including Teague, stops. too. Including yeah. Teague. Teague had, okay, so here's the other stat number I'm going to throw out real quick. The Wolves had eight blocks to the Suns' three. three or, I think it was like three or four of those were from Jeff Teague. He played, including a huge block of Dragon Bender in the corner after Dragon had been oh, nailing that, yes, threes That was an all excellent night. block. And yes. then he threw out the little Dikembe no-no-no. Yeah, I like that. Loved it. But that was good. Wolves get these two great stops. They get the clock down below five seconds. It's They're playing phenomenal. And then... You see him with the pump fake. And my first instinct, as soon as I heard the whistle was perfect. 24 second. Like, yeah, Teague bumped him, but the clock had already gone off. But then you watch the replay and it becomes blatantly clear. He he hits him. And the first and then, yeah, exactly like you said, Rob, the first thing is, why would you jump? Mm -hmm. Go hands straight up. And and you're fine. Now, and then and you're up at that point. You're up one at that point. You stop on that possession. He's missing that shot. He's he's it's a prayer three. You pointer. stop on that possession and you win the game. And we're having a completely different conversation. Correct. The third number I want to throw at you is steals. The Suns had four. The Wolves had fourteen. Hmm. I mean, it's it's a big it's, now. It's but if we're going to so be fair though, throw out the next number, which is rebounds. Yes. So rebounds, uh, Wolves with 46, the Suns 59. Now, I will say I, I all these stats, I don't know that they tell the full picture. Uh, at the end of the game, there was some rough officiating in this game. Rough officiating. Got to so love Jeff Kenny Mauer. So Jeff Teague, this really made me mad. So that last foul, he gets called for totally a foul. I get it. I get it. But, but earlier in the game, he got called for a foul on a three pointer where he didn't even touch the guy. And they showed a replay and he clearly didn't touch him. And it's like, 
If you're going to call a foul on a three-point shot, it better be a foul because that's three free shots. And, of course, the guy makes all three. Yep. And you take that away, and it's a different game. But like I said, ultimately, if I was to blame one specific thing that – I mean, you don't – the game's over, like we said, if he doesn't make that foul. Well, and, and here's what I was saying to myself during this game is, I mean, who are the, who are the two guys – that have the ability to just murder the Timberwolves on the Phoenix Suns. Well, obviously it was Dragometer and Troy Daniels. That's what we were thinking. Right? Well, no, but like the, but no, <laughs> well, that was how it was. But like, who are the two usual names? Well, I mean, the new Warren. Well, Devin Booker, I mean, he's not there. Or Mike James. The last time yeah, we played a Mike exactly. James when I was on but, fire. I mean, TJ Warren was four of 14. He had 15 points. Seven of those were from the free throw line. But yeah, the the, the two names tonight, Dragon Bender. And Mike James didn't even play. Oh my God, a career night for him, basically. Five of eight from three point. Uh, Daniels was 17 points. He was four of six from three. I mean. Open shots too, mind you. They had some open looks. Isaiah Canine got 15 and seven assists. Like this was just, I, but 19 rebounds for Alex line in 28 minutes. Ugh, did he really have nine? Oh my God. Yeah, that's not so a career game for Alex Len too. Who, even Josh Jackson, who really is not, he's kind of been up and down. I mean, not a bad season, but he, he's he not, had a, he had a lot of those points not jumping the off the half. page, but again, eight rebounds. Yeah. He had a eight lot rebounds of his points. For Josh Jackson. Maybe if, maybe if Wiggins gave a little effort on the rebounds, we could, you know, this, this was one of those games uh, that I left laughing. I wasn't upset, but I was I was laughing and it was just it was one of those. This is the way that the Wolves would lose this game. You're up as much as 14 in the first quarter. Four of seven from towns from three. So many good things. Yeah. Now, I will say this. I am becoming more and more of a towns for three hater. For the simple fact of when you're actually at the game watching it. Now, aside from me looking up in the corner and seeing his stat, some of the threes that he takes and misses are horrific. What do you mean? Because I feel like he mostly takes pretty wide open shots. Well, no, but I mean, he just he missed them badly. Sure. I can. Yeah, I get that. But he takes I like will say that he's not him, forcing up shots, though. I appreciate no, that. No, he's taking like, good good shots. Looks. He's taking open shots. But like a couple of his threes, like one just wide right it was a Blair Walsh field goal I mean you like so where where because I sat in Rob's season tickets great uh, seats, in your seats way. great seats but when the Wolves are on the far side of the court you can kind of see the trajectory of of Towns's ball when he shoots a three yeah. and the one that he missed wide right you could literally see it go up in the air and just tail and you knew as soon as as soon as it left his hand that it wasn't shooting that it wasn't going in and so my big thing with him is yes four of seven from three Perfect. He he shoots well from three. I mean, thirty seven percent on the season. But his misses are some bad misses. I gotta add this, and uh, this was posted up on uh, one of our Timberwolves groups that we're a part of here on the Howl Radio on Facebook. The Suns made their last field goal with oh, five yes. minutes and sixteen this. seconds yep. left. The score was a hundred to ninety five. They did not score, make a field goal for the rest of the game. They make eight free throws and they close us out that way. I, if you were to say with the turnovers, what was it? Six yeah. and say the team, the team you're playing doesn't score in the last, doesn't hit a field goal in the last five minutes and you lose. I would, I would take the bet all day long or right. I'd call you crazy. It just, honestly, it's amazing to me that it's just, it seems like 
an, a self-loathing Minnesota Timberwolves thing to do where it you 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 give up these guys to have career games. Hey, if you're on a losing streak, come to the target center. We'll hand you in. I mean, the Grizzlies just came into town. We gave them a, a win on an 11 game skitter. These losses, I'm telling you, they're going to bite us at the end of the season. I know I don't have championship aspirations for this team, even though under the right circumstances, if it, if say the Houston Rockets or the Golden State Warriors, somebody gets hurt, there's no telling what could happen if we get it together. But it's just really not shaping up good. Yeah, we probably trickle into the playoffs, but I don't want to deal with this mediocrity stuff. They got to shore this up. I want real losses. The team's going to look different, though, come the end of the season, I think. I think we're going to be active at the trade deadline. I think he's going to. We bring have in, to be. I think he's going to bring in a piece. You know, the guy we I mind. I always go back to is if they can just find a way if the Lakers would just get rid of Luol Deng. Because I feel like he would be the perfect complement off the bench. You don't need major minutes from, but it's a guy you know Thibs will play, and that's what we need. We need someone that you know he's not Thibs a liability. Going to give minutes to, he's not a liability. He's versatile, and he's only thirty-two. Let's not pretend like these guys are ancient. I mean, you know, in Thibs' years, they're probably like sixty because he plays them so much. But all things considered, that's a guy I think that would be great off the bench because you've already got a good shooter. But Dang's a decent two-way player. He can rebound the basketball, he, and he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Here's here's the thing that scares me. This is this is the part of the season that you can consider for the Wolves to be an easier schedule. Yeah. When you when you actually when you look at it, like look at this last stretch. You go Clippers, Memphis, Clippers, Mavericks. Like two games against the Clippers who don't have Blake Griffin, who don't have. JJ Redick anymore. No Jamal Crawford, no Chris Paul. This is the shell of who the Clippers used to be. And you get your wins against them. You go and face an 11 game losing streak, Memphis Grizzlies and give them that game. Um, You beat the Mavericks, but you lose to the Sixers and the Suns, but you beat the Kings in between. The key, the the, the key is going to be when you lose winnable games, you need to find a way to win some tough games. So, the stretch, like there's a stretch right here that just scares the bejesus out of me. Early January, yeah, they I've go, seen, yes. they go Celtics, Pelicans, Cavs, Thunder. But you got to, that's the thing. You're going to have to take some of those games that you and wouldn't think you could. That's four games in five days for this team. I, and you go from Boston home for three of those games, but then, and then you turn around and you got Knicks, Blazers, Magic. Rockets, Raptors. I mean, I mean look, this, it's it's not going to get easier for this team. And if they're giving away games against the Suns, I just worry for like this four game stretch where they start with a game on the third against the Nets, and then you play a Knicks team that's super beatable. So I expect them to win those two, but it's the four in between in five days that honestly just scare me. I think I think this team's going to be fine long term. I. The minutes thing I think is going to get fixed. I think they're going to bring in. I think long term we're going to be fine. The key is going to be for me. If if you're the Wolves, you got to finish in that. I don't want to be fighting for the eighth seed. I want to go into the playoffs comfortably in that like four to six range. Yep, that's what I want to see. And if they do that, this team can beat anybody. They have the talent to do it. And I still think that they're going to make some moves at the trade deadline. I, I won't be surprised if Shabazz gets traded for something. Gorgie. I, Gorgie Jang is I see Gorgie on the block. I don't know what his value is. A lot of it's going to depend anymore, on Patton, who we'll talk about in a second here, who's just d- playing very well at Iowa. Um, so I think they have some options. I'm not that worried long term, but in the interim, there's real concerns. And I, I now Thibodeau has obviously in the past overplayed his players, and he still hasn't shown 
the ability to be willing to change things. So that does need to happen. Well, Kevin, since you are in the preview mood, why don't we get into pre- previewing some games? Yes. Let's, let's look at the week ahead. Yeah, I, I like it. You are listening to the howl on dash radios, nothing but net channel quarter one, our recap and preview segment. So let's look ahead to where the wolves sit. So right now, Monday, the 18th of December, which is the time that we record our show. Currently, as we record, they are playing the Portland Trailblazers at home. The last game of this nice little uh, five game homestand here. What are we thinking? You know, I think he got to bounce back from that loss against the Suns. He had a nice day of rest. Uh, Jimmy, who um, whatever it was, back spasm, was back spasm, pulled yeah. his back, whatever it is. As long as he goes and it, and from the reports, the early reports that I saw was that he would be ready to go tonight. As long as he plays, he gives you the biggest fighting chance. I think the combo of, of Dame and CJ and uh, Nurkic really give this Wolves team something to fight for. I think it's a good matchup. And uh, um I think I think we pull it out. I think we have to find a way to pull it out. The key to me is if Jimmy's going to play, he needs to be able to play effectively. Yes. Because at the end of that Suns game, he was really struggling. He looked like he was really in some pain. Yeah. Because back injuries are no joke. That's so scary to me, Rob. I just worry about him because if you tweak your back properly, I mean, you could be out a month, two months. A back is a, is a very troublesome. It's not like... You know, and I'm not a doctor, but like if you have a calf wait, injury, wait, you're not a doctor. Yeah, I know. But you know what I mean? Like you have a calf injury. It, it's very, I think, treatable. Sure. Your back. There's really like, how do you rest your back? You, you, uh, you there's have to, ways like, you can do it. I know. But it's just action. Yeah. What? Anyways, um, I'm going to say Wolves victory because they need it. And I, they have, I will, for, for whatever it's worth, when the Wolves have had a bad loss, they seem to actually play well that next game. There's a fire lit. So I'm going to go with the fire is lit under the Wolves. They win tonight against the Trailblazers. Up next, the Denver Nuggets. Kevin. Yes, this is a, this is a very winnable game. You know, the one thing that I will say in this three-game stretch that we just talked about, where the wolves go one and two, I am growing a lot more impressed with how Towns has been playing defense. His defense has gotten a lot he looks, better. He, something, and I, I honestly think something that Embiid said to him clicked. Well, but the thing is, before that, he was still playing good defense. It's one of those things where I do think with him, don't you think a little bit of his effort at times? Well, I know effort's a huge thing. I mean, defense in terms of if if I were to slice it up into a pie, I almost put effort as 50%. There were, you know, you have like 35% as technique and mm-hmm. throw in the rest some intangibles and there's there's your defense. You know, um you mentioned the 50%. I think there's two opposite ends of the spectrum. There's the guy that the guys that just don't give a damn, Kevin Martin. There's the guys that do give a damn and put their the hardest work you can possibly put out there, Shabazz, and just aren't good. I think you're right. I think Towns is right in the middle. I think he's giving effort, but I don't think he always gives effort. And I think he sometimes just is a little clueless as to where to be. Well, so I same, think that's the, perfectly stated 50, 50, the same thing can be said when you watch him run in transition. What, you know, he, he's a little slow to get back. 
I wish he'd get over complaining to the refs oh, because yes, yes. You know, he's under the basket. He's already the farthest away from the play. If you spend a second turning around, complaining to the ref, that's three steps for the other guy. But who now, now historically for the wolves, who was the worst, who, who hurt the team the most with doing that? Not on the team right now. Kevin love, Kevin love, yeah. Kevin love would literally stop and just start yep. like, he would just throw like a temper tantrum. Well, that was, I mean, that's Kevin Love. So, um, but the so, Nuggets game. Yeah. Nuggets game. I want just, the prediction. I, I'm, I'm excited to see the matchups in this and see how, you know, like who, who takes on uh Jokic, whether it's Taj or towns. Yeah. I think either way we give them fits. How about a down year for Jokic? Just I'm, to point that out. I'm calling a wolves win here, guys. He has not been the same player. Um, yeah, let's go two and oh here. We're going to win this one too. Yeah, I'm on that bus. I I like our our matchup against the Nuggets. I don't have um there's not a single player on the team that I don't think we can't guard or defend and manage. I think it's more of them looking at us how they can shut us down. And I like our odds here. Um uh, it, it's a big win. Um right now currently in the standings Wolves are 17 and 13, Nuggets are 16 and 13. You know, you don't want to fall behind these kind of teams. So yep. this is this yeah, is a big agreed. win, big win for us. We got to go get this game. I think there's some emphasis to that, and the Timberwolves pull out a victory. Uh, the next game, we could call it a revenge game, guys. Saturday the 23rd uh, in Phoenix, the Wolves take on the Suns. You have to win this game, am I right? Like you have to win this game, 100. percent If they don't beat the brakes off of them, I mean, it'll be a disappointment. This should be like if if there was ever the moment to try to absolutely blow a team out this is the game right here to me because booker is not going to be back yeah and if you lose this game i'm sorry but it's a pride thing at that point like how can you go into this game after the way you lost just the week before how do you leave the arena with your head up if you somehow lose this one well they're already up 2-0 on the season series i mean that going three down 0-3 to the suns that's like and the talent level is not close, by the way. I get that the Suns are, they find ways to sometimes get wins. They wouldn't, they don't, maybe they don't know. You wouldn't think they'd win, but man, we're so much more talented than them. Uh, to me, it shouldn't be close. I mean, ask Lionel Hollins how he feels, you know, right. when the Kings came into town and kicked their yes. ass. Yeah. I mean, that's what the Suns are. You're in the NBA. These guys, if they, if they get proper looks and if they're hanging in there at the end, what happens is the team believes they lock in for that couple minutes stretch, stretch the end of the game. And it's literally how can you execute basketball in, in a four to five minute window? Mm-hmm. And that's what the game boils down to. If you don't have like a meaningful lead, maybe six or more, I'd say eight points would probably be comfortable in the last couple minutes a team will come back from you because they break it down possession by possession. If you go over four real quick, next thing you know, the game's tied, you know, I mean, it can change that fast. So I think they got to blow them out. Um, I would love to see some major, um, major plays. I think a key for me is, uh, you know, guy like Marcus George's hunt. I would love to see him get some time against the Suns. I think he matches up extremely well with their lineup and, and play some, play some bully ball, man. I think they really got to get after that team after getting dominated on the, the rebounding side of things. They have to get after it. Damn. No more Alex Len getting a bunch of rebounds, Dragon Bender, shut him down. I mean, you can't give the guy all these three looks and they were easy three looks. Yeah, I agree. So are we calling the, are we all calling this a win? Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be. Okay. And then 
The Wolves get to play on Christmas Day, the late game on TNT, uh, taking on Lonzo Ball and the L.A. Lakers. You know what? I'm going to call a 20 point plus 20, at least 20 point victory here. I'm just going to jump right out there. National game on Christmas. I'm sorry, but I just think we're going to come out with a fire and win this game. I think it's going to be a tough one. I expect this to be, first off, a fun and entertaining game. I I think the Lakers match up well with us. I think Julius Randle is going to be out to play. Brandon Ingram is is had some ups and downs, but I mean, he, I think he just recently scored 26 points. He's he, been playing better. If he, yes. if he gets it going, he's a matchup problem. I mean, I, I can't imagine Todd's Gibson really wants to guard him all that much because he's, he's quick. He's long. You know, Lonzo, it'll be very interesting to see him in person on how he plays against the team. I mean, he's going to be a Western Conference opponent of ours, likely for the foreseeable future. So, I mean, we get our first dose of some ZO2 action. Go with a big baller, I'm sure, will be in the house. LeVar Ball himself, probably sitting courtside. Um, I think it's a fantastic matchup for us. I know it's late, but, you know, West Coast, that's prime time for them. You know, forget two front teeth. All I want for Christmas is a Wolves win. You got it, that's Rob. What I want. I like it. You got it, Rob. I like it. And Man, then, uh, so are we talking a win streak right now? We are. Unfortunately, we just broke down a win can streak. Can I just say historically, we have not been good at predicting win streaks. We have not. So I, I unfortunately, I think there's probably a loss in there somewhere, but let's just be let's be homers here. Let's let's for a moment, let's all be homers and let's predict the win streak. Well, the fact of the matter is these are all very winnable games for us. And can they beat the Lakers on Christmas Day? I think so. And they're they're Christmas I'm gonna Day call games. I'm calling a loss. Oh, Aaron. Be a homer with I us. I can't I can't so do I it. One. You know what, Aaron? I think uh I think because of your predicting of a loss, I'm gonna introduce a new game. What? So that you can lose. Oh yay. So now what, is, do you, what do you have in store? So a little bit of backstory on this. Uh Rob, Aaron, and myself uh discovered a local Minneapolis rapper by the name of young gravy. Yep. And, um, for whatever reason, I cannot stop listening to his music, uh, especially the <laughs> song rotisserie yep. and Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Um, I, for whatever get reason, young gravy on the show, I think let's be real. Yeah. I, I would be down. That's real talk. I would be down. And just the, the name young gravy got me thinking like, that's a pretty ridiculous name. I mean, gravy on probation. Like, come on. That's <laughs> yeah, the- <laughs> exactly. Um, so I decided to put together a list, a little game show for Aaron and Rob. Uh, Are we playing a young gravy track after this? I don't know. Are we? we better. We'll see. We'll we see. better. We might. We'll, we might. We'll figure it out. But uh, so this is a this is a song called um, uh, or a game. Sorry, that I like to call who's the realist. So I'm going to give you two rappers and you have to tell me. If which one is real or if they're both real rap names. Now, I will say this. The other names in here may belong to a non rap group or artist, but just for rap purposes, if it's a rap artist or not rap artist. Okay. And are the other names something cell specific or no? It's just no. So like I said, it could be it could be the name of like a rock. Like there's one in here. That's the name of a rock group. But they're not a rap artist. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you got genre is rap. We got it, Kevin. Correct. So you got to tell me if it, which one is real or if they're both real. Number one, 
Am, is this me and you or playing? No, Rob's, Rob's in this too. You guys are both going to oh, guess. Oh, me I mean, and Rob are. Not, we don't buzz in, correct? No, you guys both just take right. your guess. Okay. So, the real rap, uh, the real rapper name, Futon Don or Lazy Susan? Futon Don is real, and Lazy Susan is not. Aaron. Oh, man, Kevin. <laughs> Futon Don has to be real. Futon Don is real. Okay. Lazy I, I Susan actually knew that. I know is Futon not, Don. Is I'm not a Futon real. Don. Uh, I've, I've heard Aficionado. his stuff. Aficionado? I've heard his stuff. <laughs> uh, next up. It's actually a woman, Kev. Or Rob. La- Lazy Susan. Oh. But, uh, next one. What? Jelly Jam or Peanut Butter Wolf? What do you think, Rob? Can they both be not? No, so one of them, at least one of them is real. Say the, say the names again. Jelly Jam or Peanut Butter Wolf. Right, let's have you go first this time. Well, that's easy because I'm going to give it all the, all the right answers and then you're just going to copy me like Kevin does. And you copied me on the first one, so. No, I, I didn't. I knew the answer. All right. Uh, first one is fake and the second one is real. I actually, that's, yeah, I would agree. That, so you're both saying Peanut Butter Wolf is real? Peanut yeah, Butter Wolf. So. That is correct. It just jelly jam doesn't sound like it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Although off here, I got a good jelly jam joke for you. <laughs> uh, number oh. three, number three, cocaine judo or jujitsu Mike. I actually like both those names, right? You know what? I'm going to say they're both real. Ooh, I want to, I want to go with that. So just to be different than Rob, I'm going to go with what's the first one. Cocaine judo. Or Jiu-Jitsu Mike. Jiu-Jitsu Mike is real and Cocaine Judo is fake. You are both incorrect. Cocaine Judo is the real rapper. Jiu-Jitsu Mike is Did not Did you come real. up with Jiu-Jitsu Mike? I did. That's Kevin's <laughs> new nickname. You are Jiu-Jitsu Mike. That's I, a great name, right? For, for some of these, I actually came up with a lot of these myself. Uh, the, the fake ones. Jiu-Jitsu Mike. That's, I'm pretty like, proud man, of myself. You need, you need real to get talk. in the copyright. I'm a fan of that. Jiu-Jitsu <laughs> Mike, you need to. All right. Number four. Duncan D or Krispy Kreme? Duncan D. Oh, you know. <laughs> oh my God. What? All right. Oh, why is it always on me? Oh, we alternate every other. Yeah, you, okay. you've been right, alternating. Right, 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 right. You've been alternating. Duncan D or Krispy Kreme? Yep. Duncan D is real. Krispy Kreme is fake. Uh, I'm going to go with the reverse of that. I think Krispy Kreme's real. Krispy Kreme is real. Duncan D is not. <laughs> oh my God, Kevin, you're so dirty. All right, number five Sasquatch Josh or Tall Paul? I'm going to go both real. And I love both those names, FYI. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> Come on, that's uh, Tall Paul and Sasquatch. What was his first one? Sasquatch Josh. I love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> Tall Paul is real. Sasquatch is not. Rob gets another point. They are both real. Yeah, they are. Uh, shout out to Tall Paul, who's actually from Minneapolis. Yeah, I was going to say that one. I'm just pretty he, sure. Uh, so I did a. I went to Prost New Year's Eve show at the Fine Line a couple of years ago, and he was one of the uh, one of the acts there. Sasquatch Josh is. But Sasquatch awesome Josh name. is real. Yes. All right, number six, Mayor Potato or City Spud. What? Come on, Aaron. You're first. Aaron, you're first on this one. Say it again. Mayor Potato 
or City Spada? All right, City Spud's real, Mayor of Potatoes not. Rob, I'm going to go the same. That is correct. City Spud is real. He gave that one away, by the way, because <laughs> both times he said the first name, he started laughing. And he was like, serious on the second For whatever one. reason, Mayor Potato just gets me. Did you make that one up? I did. Yeah. It's, yes. That one's not good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we, are, we are getting a glimpse of ins- insight into Kevin's imagination. <laughs> All right. Number seven. Lil Poopy or Lil Italy? Uh, Rob is Rob only did. focusing so, on Kevin's body language right now. I'm going to go with Lil Poopy's real and Lil Italy is not. Opposite of that. Lil Poopy is real. Lil Italy is fake. Yep. And his face gave it away again. I tried to I hold to play poker with you guys. Yeah, I'm actually really good at poker. I just Rob, look just, away when he reads them now. Not, no, no, no. Just because Kevin can't read properly without giggling. <laughs> Come I on. Okay. I mean, he literally was like he hocking tried. you. No, he was he just tried like that time to. to I know. Cover I can. I did. I really I'm did watching, try. I'm watching him. Okay. I'm watching you. Mikey, Mike, or Davy Wavy. Rob is just it's you. Gary next. You first. Let's hear him again. Let's no. hear him again. No, nope. that's not. No, he. You did it again when he asked. Because you're just trying to read now. I'm not like trying to like analyze his facial. I don't need to try to read. I'm. I can read quite well. well. Now I need him to read it because I forgot what okay. we were talking about. Mikey, Mike, or Davy Wavy. Mikey, Mike is real. Davy Wavy is not. The opposite. Mikey, Mike is real. <sighs> Davy Wavy, Davy Wavy is not. Oh, I want to go. Score? Opposite What's the score? What's the score? Six four. Rob over Aaron right now with two uh, left. Two left. All right. So just anybody tuning in right now, we're at, we're on Dash Radio's Nothing But None channel. This is the Howells special first quarter random game show. What is this called? Uh, who's the realist? Who is the realist? This is inspiration from. Young Gravy. Young Gravy. Gravy off probation. All right, we got two more questions. Let's do it. All right. Number nine, Stunna Sam or Hot Rod? I'm going to say, oh, man, that's tough. I think Hot Rod is real and Stunna Sam is not. Opposite. Stunna Sam is not real. Hot Rod is. That's what I said. No, it's not. You yeah, said the opposite no. of what he said. Yeah, he correct. said Hot Rod was real. Yep, I did. Yep. Hot Rod was real? Yes. Stun of Sam was not. That's what I guessed. Oh, I screwed that all up. I thought you were okay. Whatever. I'll all take right. the loss. That's fine. Last one. Slim Jesus or Ugly Duckling? Oh, well, I've seen Ugly Duckling, so I actually know he's real. Uh, and I believe, I, actually, they're both real. Ah, that was my answer. I was going to say both. It is both. I've seen Ugly Duckling, actually. I saw a number of years ago, I saw Ugly Duckling. They opened for the Long Beach Dub All-Stars at First Ave. Whoa, Ooh. throw that back. Like way back. back. in this is like way back in the day. Well, and if either of you were paying Good attention, show, by the way. last week, I was playing some Slim Jesus in between uh, in between recording. Um, yep. I, exactly, quarters, yes. Yes. A song called Drill Time, which I was is, pretty good about. I was pretty good in this game. Yeah. So Rob finished. Rob got eight correct. Aaron got five. So good job. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll have to run another game 
like this later on in Who's the year. Who's the realist? It could be. Who's the realist? So now we're moving on to our uh, Iowa Wolves. Yes, let's get into this because the Iowa Wolves have actually been impressing a lot of people as of late. And they've won four of the last five games. It kind of seemed to start right around the time that we assigned Justin Patton. Yeah, he's definitely made a difference. Now, he's not playing major minutes, you know, like, for example, like 16 minutes, you know, kind of in that realm. But if he was with the Wolves, he probably wouldn't be playing. You know, I watched, you know, for example, I was watching the Memphis, the Memphis game from last week. And they even said part of the reason why it's good to have Pat in the G League is because they said he, Tom Thibodeau's running his starters into the ground. Yep. So he wouldn't get that opportunity. And if you have not watched the the G League team affiliate for the Wolves, the Iowa Wolves, you are missing out. For one, the games are free for anyone that wants to watch them on the G League website uh, via Facebook. So if you go onto Facebook, look up G League, all the videos are there for all the teams. And good quality. Uh, you know, the Memphis Hustle, for example, their crew is a little homerish, but 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 still well done. They do, They do do a good job. Yeah, four four of their last five, uh, the Iowa Wolves have won, uh, dating back to the fifth of December where they beat the Austin Spurs. They have handled the Salt Lake City Stars and the Memphis Hustle. So Memphis Hustle, if you again, if you haven't watched this team, there's some players on us on our team. Elijah Mills has been looking pretty good. Emil Jefferson, we mentioned this early, he's leading the league in rebounds, fourteen a game. Anthony Brown has been really solid. You know, he's one of the two way contracts the Wolves have. I wonder if at some point you'll get to see him. I mean, he's looked really good. But, you know, the guy that you really hear a lot about, if you just look up G League, Mellow Trimble has been killing it. And granted, he's not going to have much of a chance to break through with the Wolves, but it would not shock me if at some point someone gives him a chance. Yeah, 17 points, 10 assists in the win over the hustle. Uh, he was tied for the point lead for the uh, for the Wolves uh, with Anthony Brown, who shot three of eight in that game from three, but had 17 points, five rebounds, three assists. And this team, by the way, they pass 29 assists in this game. Um, and, and that's a lot of guys getting two, three assists. You know, so Melo Trumbull gets you your 10, but the rest of the guys are doing all the little things. You got a few guys that have, you know, three, two, I mean, they're getting it done. Guys are getting steals. So this team plays defense. They move the ball. They rebound. They do all the little things. If you watch the Iowa Wolves, it's like night and day with the real Wolves. Just the way they play the game is so much better and good shooting, too. I mean, look at some of these numbers. Sean Williams, four of five from three. Elijah Millsap, one of three. Anthony Brown, three of eight. Uh, Perry Jones, the third. Another guy who it's crazy. He's this a top is, draft pick just names. a few years ago. Yes. Like, these are some names. If you're not watching this team, I really suggest you do. They're fun to watch. And, and here's the other thing, too. In the, the Midwest division, which our Iowa Wolves are in, it's a wide open division right now. It, yes, it really we is. are a half game back of first. If you look at o- the Oklahoma City Blue, Sioux Falls Sky Force and Memphis Hustle, they're all on losing streaks right now. Wolves are five and five in their last 10 on a one game winning streak. But I mean, even like Oklahoma City Blue three game losing streak, they're a half game up on us. And, and we, it's so early into we the would season, be, we would actually be doing better. So um, I think three or four of our starters were actually loaned out. To like a team USA team. Uh, Cause they talk about that in the Memphis hustle game, how the first time we played the hustle, we were missing almost all of our starters. So now these guys are back. You add Justin Patton to the mix and I mean, you're winning games. Now I will say we talk about the, the wolves, the, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves having trouble with the Suns. How about the Iowa wolves losing one thirty one to one Oh eight to the Suns? <laughs> the Suns just have our number. I mean, that's just what it is. This is a game where we really, 
got dominated. And and they've got some players. Derek Jones Jr., for anyone that doesn't remember him. Oh, yeah. I mean, that guy can jump out of the gym. It was in the slam dunk contest. Alec Peters, uh, another name, uh, you know, college fans will probably remember. Uh, Xavier Silas. Um just a cool I like Shaquille Harrison anytime you're a basketball player with the name Shaquille you're a winner in my book but they they just they've got some nice pieces so it's a good team but we we definitely struggled struggled in this game Peter Jock actually that's another name oh, from Anthony, Iowa. Bennett. Anthony Bennett's on this roster he didn't play in this game he was inactive but I mean he's there so they've got some pieces uh, I don't think we should have lost as bad as we did I mean that's we struggled no question so to give you an idea too just on the Justin Patton angle here so far through the four games that he has played with the Wolves, averaging 10 and a half points, 5.8 rebounds, 1.3 assists. He's shooting 85% from free throw and 53% from the field. He's so good. I'd like to see him. I wouldn't mind getting some looks, him some looks from three, because I know he can do that. But if you watch the games there, that's not their goal. Their goal is just to kind of get him into the flow and stuff. I think long term, though, you're going to see he's going to be much more similar to cat when it comes to playing style where he can go out to the three. He can play under the basket. They just have very similar skill sets. Well, what do you call him? A cat light. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely. Cat I like light. that. He's you the know. kitten, right? Well, if you want to call him that to his face, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not calling him that yeah. to his face. Hey, uh, some other big G League news. Uh, Jabari Parker's actually was assigned to the I Wisconsin Herd. Yes. Um, very likely for a short, short term, um, you know, rehabilitation stint. Get his lungs back. Cardio. This, yeah, that's that's gonna be fun to watch. That's another reason. If you want to watch the G League, like I said, it's free. You can watch that rehab stint. And you know, in the past, I've watched when Tyus Jones got sent down there. Shabazz. These are good games, and you have guys that are really fighting for it. Because think about this. This is their livelihood and they're not making a ton of money down there. And this is what they do for a living. So if you don't think these guys are going to give a hundred percent every game, I'm telling you, watch it. They really do. Oh yeah. I mean, just that clip uh, we were watching earlier, right at the end of the first half. I mean, some fantastic defensive effort, um, fun times down there with the Iowa wolves. And you know, before we move on, the, we just had the, the, we just won one Oh six 99 was our last game. Uh, that was on Sunday. And, and again, you look at this list, man, some, I mean, some good shooting from three. I mean, pretty much everyone on this team can hit a three pointer. I, I think that says a lot about kind of the build of this team. And we talked about Neil Jefferson. You know, he had 11 rebounds in this game. Justin Patton, six rebounds. So you're getting up and down contributions from everybody on the squad. Again, if you if you're not watching, you should. And and it's actually not that far of a drive. If you want to go watch the team, uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's a very fun experience. So. This is this is definitely something we need to continue to maintain and continue to watch because we have the potential to see this Iowa Wolves team grow and to be good in the G League. And especially, um, you know, with how close they are to us, you know, definitely see an increase in uh, in fans driving a a short drive south to go watch some Iowa Wolves basketball Uh, coming up. We are going to get into quarter two, which is our talker segment. But first. Visit Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme. Next up for the Jordan brand is the Air Jordan 13 Retro Altitude, releasing Thursday the 21st. That's this coming Thursday. This version of the Altitude takes it back to the original 2005 styling with a full black leather upper, 
Uh, the previous retro released in 2010 had a mesh side panel. Uh, the highlight of this model is the altitude green accents on the outsole and Jumpman branding on the tongue. Uh, Studio 23 will carry men's sizes 8 to 14, as well as grade school sizes 4.5 to 7Y. You know what I call that altitude green? What? The Timberwolves Aurora color. That like was it. those Those shoes would look so sick with the brand new statement jerseys. There you go. So visit Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme. Coming up quarter two, like I said, is our talker segment. We got a lot of Wolves, NBA, WNBA news, a lot to cover. First, this is the way life goes. Lil Uzi Vert coming up quarter two. It's the howl. That's Pretty fucking shitty. Uh, anyway, I'm stopping bags like the TSA. Listen up, you little bitches, it's a PSA. I'm still shading all these niggas, yeah, the beat away. You gotta pay me flat bread, yeah, the beat away. I know you're sad and tired. You got nothing left to give. You'll find another life to live. I know that you'll get over it. Wish I never, ever, ever told you things. I was only, only trying to show you things. I stopped heart on your neck, tried to froze your ring. I had to get me a new bitch to hold the pain. We was in Hawaii looking at the rain. Yeah, she's smiling happy, but I'm laughing cause no man Damn, that just goes to show me money don't attract a thing. Stuck to the plan, even though you used to go with my man. Yeah, I, I know it hurts sometimes, but you'll get over it. You'll find another life to live. I swear that you'll get over it. And I know you're sad and tired. You got nothing left to give. Diamonds on your neck, ice all on my wrist Compliment myself, she don't want me, I'm running wild You know I respect her on that level She don't want me, then I'm a leather Go over there with that bro fella Walk off my St. Laurent, that leather My new chick, I swear that she better Want me back, never that's true, that right She sippin' one way and yeah, I swear get her wet My Louboutin's new, so my bottom stays red No, I'm not a rat, but I'm all up on my chest Just talk to your homie, she said we should be together Can't be brand with someone, say that I may hurt my head If she ever call my phone, you know I got a dad But I like that girl too much, I wish I never met 
intermission music as we get into our talker segment uh this is where we cover everything wolves general nba and wnba topics and guys i want to start with a trivia question it's kind of a two-parter how many minnesota timberwolves jerseys are officially retired five uh and you're talking yeah, um, I'm going to go four. Uh, to my knowledge, there's only one. Malik Seeley's? Malik Seeley. Oh, because technically, see, for some reason, I thought it was more the way you phrased it. But yeah, that yep. makes sense. Yep, Malik Seeley is the only Minnesota Timberwolves jersey that is retired and it is hanging from the rafters. Now, granted, we will probably add one, hopefully this season, uh, maybe next season, depending on if... Uh, uh, Glenn Taylor and Kevin Garnett can kind of work stuff out. Uh, but there's an article here. I think Rob, was this you that posted on the logical Jersey retirements Yep. for every NBA teams next, uh, kind of the next, the next move in, in honor of Kobe getting not one, but two jerseys retired here Monday night in, uh, in LA. Uh, and it actually, it actually covers every NBA team. Uh, so let's kind of just run down the list. We'll, we'll, we don't have to go into a lot of detail for everybody, um, but just go down the list and, you know, we'll talk, uh, we'll talk about them. So for the Atlanta Hawks uh, retire number 10 Mookie Blaylock, um, they have already already have looks like five uh, jerseys retired. Uh, so he will be, he's the next logical move for Atlanta, uh, Boston, a name everybody is very familiar with Kevin Garnett. Uh, his number five to be retired. Um, fun fact, Bob Cousy's number 14 is retired by the Boston Mr. Celtics. Cousy. They they have a lot of numbers retired. Yeah, the they record. do. That's going to be, that's got to be uh, uh, tough to find a Jersey number. If you play in, in Boston, but number 67 would be available. It would be, it would be um, moving next down the line. The Brooklyn Nets retiring Richard Jefferson's number 24. Do you like that move for the Nets, Rob? I don't know. I, I mean, I like Richard Jefferson as a player, but is he really Jersey retire good? I guess I. I He's an NBA champion. Granted, not with the Nets. They went to. They say it's a many, no brainer, though. I don't know. if it, I definitely don't think it's a no brainer. I mean, if they did it, would I be upset? Obviously not. But I, I just don't think 
I think no brainer is the wrong word there. Is there somebody, seven years? Is there somebody you feel would be a better selection for them? Mm. Not that's uh, on the list. They could retire Kerry Kittles just the same. <laughs> right? um, yeah, I, I would say to you know it's the harder. Nets don't have just a. No, he would be Toronto, I would think. Well, I mean, Garnett well, would be Yeah, Minnesota. but I mean, you're not you're not required to be just one team. Yeah, multiple teams could just, I mean, if you played for multiple teams. Yeah. I think Richard Jefferson would be the next viable candidate. Okay. Uh, so moving on, the Charlotte Hornets. They yes. also only have one retired, Bobby Phils, but their next viable option is our boy Muggsy Bogues, number one. Um, this is one I think... I, I would be okay with. I would also absolutely love to see Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning, as a couple guys on this list. Um, but I'm not upset with Muggsy Bogues. I, I loved him as a player. Rex Chapman, maybe. Yeah. yeah, there's no downside to Muggsy Bogues. Good guy, uh, really solid player. Great in the movie Space Jam. Max effort player. I mean, that guy gave it everything he had. What about, uh, you know, Glenn Rice? Del Curry, a couple other names. Uh, definitely one guy that will be hanging from the rafters, Kemba Walker, when his uh, when his time is up. Uh, but, yeah, Muggsy, I'm perfectly, perfectly okay with. Uh, for the Chicago Bulls, number 53, Artis Gilmore. Yeah, what's taking so long with that? Honestly, I have no idea, but he racked up 66.4 win shares between 76 and 77 and 81, 82, which really is the fourth player. most in the league during that time. Like really good player. I mean, here's the deal. He's a really good player. He's an iconic player. He's the number 53 for, you know, I mean, come on. It's not like people are beating down the door to be number 53 right now. It, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, surprisingly so. LeBron James. You know, when looking at this list, I had no idea Zadrunas Ogowskis, his number was retired. I think that was last year that they did that. Like, again, nothing against him, but I don't think he's jersey retired. Good. Yeah, he was he was he a was, career he player. He was key for them Man. in the early 2000s. He was a yeah, career guess, player. Man, he was a key, I, to key me, component into me, their first championship run. I don't know. I just don't. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Big Z is I'm I'm all about that. Uh, um, Dallas Mavericks, Dirk, no- Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, they only have two others <clears throat> retired, Brad Davis and Rolando Blackman. Rolando Blackman, uh, that was the Howell Harder history recently, so we we know obviously he's deserving. Yes. Uh, is Jason Kidd? Um, you know, he could be on that list. I mean, he's retired with the Nets. What about Steve Nash? Steve Nash, absolutely. Yep, I think he's a good, good example of someone. Uh, moving on, Denver Nuggets, Carmelo Anthony. Adding to a a pretty sizable list in in Denver, including guys like Fat Lever, uh, Alex English, Dikembe Mutombo, uh, head coach Doug Moe. Do you guys think the Denver Nuggets would retire Carmelo's number? Yeah, I mean, you have to respect what the guy did. I mean, he he brought them some success. They haven't exactly had a lot of success since, since he left. Am, now, am I a big fan of Carmelo? Not really, but he makes a ton of sense for a guy whose jersey would retire. What about Kenyon Martin? Ooh, Kenyon Martin. That's an interesting one. Chauncey? Allen Iverson at the end of his career? I, I think Chauncey kind of put with the Pistons. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, Detroit Pistons. Speaking of the Pistons, number 33, Grant Hill. Imagine that. No, they've jersey. already retired Chauncey's number. Well, it makes sense why I would have thought that they but like like the list of pistons retired is crazy so that chauncey team is like ben wallace joe dumars dennis rodman isaiah thomas 
uh, Richard Hamilton, Bill Lambeer, Dave Bing. Like that is a great, great list of retired jerseys. But right there's there. there, you know, the Pistons are going to fall in the same category as many of these iconic franchises, Prince the Lakers, Wallace. the Knicks. Yeah. Rasheed Wallace is one of those guys Tayshaun next Prince. in line. Those are too. guys that, uh, that will definitely be considered. Yeah, absolutely. They, I, I think that's that. Those are your next three. No Darko no Milicic uh, votes here. No drafted by the team. No, he'll get his jersey. He'll get buried. Yeah, I under think the so. under the yes. under the stadium. Uh, Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry should be the next one that they retire. Yeah, you you know when it's all said and done, you can easily hang up Draymond. You could hang up uh, Clay. Uh, those three key cogs to their championship success. But what about uh, Jason Richardson or Baron Davis? Even Baron, Baron Davis is original, yep, Davis you know, sure. original Warriors squad that upset the Mavs. But what, big eight. Regardless, I, I think the point would be definitely that the Warriors have, have some options. Yes. Uh, moving on to the Houston Rockets, Elvin Hayes is number 44 Jersey uh, to hang up in the rafters next to Yao Ming, Clyde Drexler, Moses Malone, Hakeem Olajuwon and Rudy. Tom Janovich. You know, his is another one um, where you wonder, you know, what's taking so long? Why don't you just get get to it? I think now would be a perfect time, especially with uh, all the hype surrounding the Rockets. Pacers, yep. Rick Smiths is the next one on the list. I like that. The number 45 uh, to go next to, you know, Reggie Miller. I mean, this is, I, I think this guy is probably the best option. I don't really think, I, I can't really think of anybody else. I mean, you're not, not going no, to, you're not going to hang up Tyler Hansborough's number from the rafters. I mean, no. he was a hell of a player. Um, the only other uh, one I could sorry, think metal of piece. No, you know who I was thinking I, of I, is, I like uh, option as well. I'm drawing a blank on, on the name power forward long career. Oh my gosh. I can't think like of Dale Davis is one. Um, and then, Oh my gosh. I can picture who you're thinking of. Yes. Uh, and his career with the Warriors. Yes, exactly. Shoot. Uh, Jermaine O'Neal. Yeah. Jermaine, Jermaine O'Neal. Yep. Wow. That was tough. Yeah. I mean, I think he's viable. was an all-star really came well, into to be his fair, own. The fact that we couldn't think of his name, maybe. No, no, no. So, was, I was just dry. I was having a blank. I mean, he was really well, good they, for them. They though. even, they even say right here, Jermaine O'Neal played like a star, but isn't viewed in the same vein as mainstays of the Reggie Miller era. And it says right here, the Pacers will will retire Paul George's number before Jermaine O'Neal. Wow. So that is it. That is a bold statement. Cotton Uh, L.A. Clippers. The next one for them is Chris Paul. They actually do not have any retired jerseys. Chris Paul is suspect. They aren't exactly a storied franchise. That's not too surprising. That is is true. That is true. But I would say DeAndre Jordan, if he stays around any longer, I, I don't know if Chris, I mean, what's Chris Paul there? Five years. Uh, that, he has been there. That's Hall of Fame worthy or uh, Jersey retire, retireable? Yeah, possibly. Um, ah, okay. Moving down the list here quick. Lakers, Pau Gasol. Doesn't surprise me there. Memphis, Mark Gasol and Mike Conley. Again, no yep, surprise. That's a given. Makes sense. Uh, D-Wade to the Heat. That's a given. Uh, Marcus Johnson's number eight to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Guys, do we even need to ask the question? It's Kevin Garnett. Wait, wait. it's not Iggy Rakosevich? Oh God! I would retire his jersey in a heartbeat. Um, Who would be the next? Weird, wait, before we move on, real quickly, I just noticed this: the Memphis Grizzlies—they've already retired two players' jerseys who are still in the league: Tony Allen and Zach Randolph. That just seems really—that just seems weird to That's me. That's interesting. Um, the only—the only person I could see getting a um, a retirement jersey in the rafters 
before KG would be the man shaking his hand in the picture in the article and then split. Yeah, if you gave Flip something. Uh, no Sam Mitchell? Sam, not before KG or Flip. Yeah. I, I think down not. the road you could. Um, Chris Paul with the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, John Starks with the Knicks. Uh, Nick Collison with the OKC Thunder. Actually, your career yeah, thunder. I get that. He's a lifer. Uh, that makes sense to me. And well, I, I, now that I've talked myself into Collison, now I kind of get Zadruna Sogalskis. Yeah. Because it's not about like being a Hall of Fame type player. It's just what you've done to a franchise. Yeah. Hall of Fame to the franchise. Yeah, uh, that's, that's fair. The Magic with Shaq. The Sixers with Joel Embiid. Wait, calm down. Uh, wow. Phoenix, uh, Sean Marion with Phoenix. They've already retired Steve Nash's number. So Sean Marion makes a lot of sense. Brandon Roy to the Blazers, uh, boogie with the Kings. That would be, I think that would be fun to see. Oh yeah. Uh, Manu with the Spurs. Absolutely. That's the next one. No question. I can see Brandon Roy's knee hurting him in this picture. <laughs> Vince Carter with the Raptors. The other guy would be Tony Parker. Eventually. Yep. He'll get Spurs. it. Yep. Uh, Kirilenko with the jazz. Walt Bellamy with the Washington Wizards. So there is your list of the logical choices for every team to retire the next uh, next jersey. Uh, moving on on our quarter two talker segment here on the Howl Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. It's time for our weekly Howl Hot Take. Rob, this is all you this week. So first one is uh, Tiny Joe Nelson. Oh, I were I I when I interned. At a local sports station, I had the pleasure of working with Tiny Joe uh, back in his his old days. And I got to say, he's he's a great guy and I love some of his takes. But this is uh, this is interesting. Ben Simmons is amazing. He says I would trade cat for him immediately if I could. Cat will not be the consensus franchise starting piece in next year's NBA GM survey. Simmons is LeBron 2.0. And I think we're all in agreement. Ben Simmons is really good, but LeBron, he is not. No. LeBron James, even at his worst, could at least shoot. Let's not pretend like Ben Simmons is out here lighting up uh, the scoreboard with, with good jump shots. I do like Ben Simmons, but not. Uh, not yeah, not not over towns. That's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I did happen to uh, actually I subtweeted his message just because it really kind of stuck out, especially because, you know, the Sixers were in town. Um you know, you're looking for, you know, catch a little buzz here. And, you know, here's LeBron 2.0 for you. Seven points, eight assists, three rebounds, three, three for eight shooting. Sounds like Lonzo ball stats. <clears throat> That's not LeBron James for nope, you. Nope. He may be his same size coming out of high school. Plus look at it this way. LeBron James can even as a, at a young age, he could carry a team. Yes. Ben Simmons just is not say that. able to carry a team right now. You know, carry a team with no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I get what carrying a team means, but like those first couple of years with the Cavs, there was, he had almost nobody and he still, but they, they still were good. I mean, yes. pretty good. Yeah. I hate to break it to you, but it's not LeBron James 2.0. So we move on to the second one. This is a uh, Josh Meyer at T wolves fan, which, <laughs> which uh, ironic. Yeah. And I, well, it's also, that's a great handle if you can get it. Um, he says, so this is in response to Jerry Zagoda uh, tweeting out the stat, the the final score from that Suns game on Saturday. His response, pathetic loss. Not sure there's any reason to watch this team the rest of the season. And Jerry Zagoda's <laughs> response is great. Good to hear you're not overreacting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank goodness he's T-Wolves fan as well because 
Um, well, and Josh Meyer goes, Suns are a G League team without Booker. First of all, the the Suns are not this like terrible team. They've got some young talent. Yeah. On any given night, a guy like Bender could have a good game. Now, granted, it's it's a bad loss, no question. But come on, no reason to watch. Where has this guy been the last 13 seasons? Because seriously, if you aren't ready to watch playoff basketball, I'm not even sure what we're doing here. Well, if you look at his bio, he says diehard Minnesota Timberwolves slash twins and Cyclone fan. And he might as well just remove the diehard Minnesota Timberwolves part out of his bio. If he's ready to jump ship this this point of the season after. Yeah, a bad loss, but. I mean, if you're a diehard fan, you got to stick with them through. But the yeah, let's not thing. overreact. There's yeah. no reason to do that. Like Jerry, like Jerry Zagoda said, glad to see you're not overreacting. Right? Yeah. Hey, well, at least his response is professional compared to some of the other you know responses we've seen after that bad loss. But um, Zagoda with the pro move there to deflect a frustrated Timberwolves yep. fan. Agreed. So moving ahead here. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. It was a very brief period and it wasn't reported a lot, but. 2K18 actually accidentally leaked the fourth jerseys for a lot of of teams. Come on, really? Mm -hmm. Including our beloved Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, I actually was able to to screenshot it, um, but there's a lot of these. So it's the. This uh, happened a couple days before the statement thing, too. Correct. Yeah. So this is the. Um, what the, the city uniforms, I guess, if you will. Yes. Uh, so the wolves one, if you haven't seen a picture of it, it's dark and cloudy here. It's, uh, it's basically all gray with white wolves lettering, uh, and then a black outline around the numbers. I, for one, am a fan. I think this is, uh, I think it looks good. It looks, it looks crisp. It's not anything too crazy, too hectic. Um, I mean, compared to some of the other uniforms, like the Pacers one to me, I'm not the biggest fan of. Don't you think a little green would have been nice, though? To, to yeah, just a a one so. little pop. Yeah, I just thought some, I, someone pointed this out and I couldn't agree more. I think there's just just something. It's just the way it's set up. I just think it's a little too bland. The way the way they did like the little the star in that Aurora green color. If they could have put that out, that would have been. That would have been cool. Yep. Well, looking at these jerseys, do you guys have a favorite? Because yes. I've got a, I, I've got a couple. I have two. The Pacers one, I really like. I actually, I'm not a fan of that oh, one. What I about like the it. Nuggets? You like that Nuggets one? That's kind of sweet. The, uh, the Kings one. The Kings jersey. That is straight fire. My personal favorite, though, of all of them, is the New York Knicks jersey. Oh, the I old, like that one. The, the old firehouse yep. logo, like the NY or the uh, the NDFY. The black Lakers is pretty good. Yep, I I think that looks good. New Orleans New looks Orleans nice. Is solid. Boston's is pretty basic, but like Boston gives you a good idea of what ours could have looked like, like with just more color. I just think ours is a little too bland for me. Kind of like like I don't like Utah's jersey. I don't know where they the I kind of I kind of uh, like the magic a little bit. I don't like, hate it. I could do without like the starry background, but. The, the Dallas jersey looks like just like a practice jersey you'd see in like a rec league. Yeah. It doesn't look like just like, says Dal across the front. Like, uh, Blazers isn't great. I, I don't love the Hornets. Like some of these don't look good. No. I mean, some do. Some look great. Like for every couple we like, there's one or two that are really bad. The um, OKC one, even though it wasn't made into a, an actual picture like that. I mean, the one that they find, I'm actually not a, I don't hate that one. I, I don't mind it. I like that. The nope. Philadelphia one is Okay. But as Wolves fans, I think it's fair to say that it's underwhelming for ours. Yeah, they could have done a lot more with it. I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't. 
moving along here, uh, women's basketball national team has been unveiled officially uh, 29 members of the uh, 2017-2020 USA national team roster were announced uh, a few days ago. And there's some Minnesota love in there, guys. There is uh, Maya Moore, Simone Augustus, yep, Sylvia Lindsay, Fowles, Lindsay Whalen. Great to see the uh, the Minnesota presence here. Um, some other names that you would 100% recognize: Diana Taurasi, Brianna Stewart, Sue Bird, Tina Charles, uh, Brittany Griner. Just some huge names in the uh, in the uh, Elena the, Del the Don. National. I mean, I mean, really. If, I if wonder what our chances are going to be to win this thing. I, I mean, I gotta think. It's, <laughs> I gotta think it's pretty darn good. Yeah, they, they're just so talented. It the, the it, it's leaps and bounds the talent level. And the, the thing about this, and anybody that knows basketball can understand the length. I mean, they, they're all talented, but when you mix talent with like like upper echelon length and a size. All of these women, I mean, look at, I mean, Brittany Griner, what, what foreign teams matching up with Brittany Griner, Elena Deladon, Rob mentioned fast, powerful, quick and lengthy. And if you don't know these players, you're doing something wrong with your life. Cause these are like the, these are the cream yeah. of the crop of the WNBA. I mean, Brianna Stewart's you, the next superstar in the league, young talent out of Utah. You know, you know who, you know who the coach is? Uh, National champion Don Staley from from South, South Carolina. Carolina. Yep. So not only do you have an incredible squad of women running to to run away with a gold, but you've got a national champion head coach that's one of the one of the best in college right now. And by the way, that national championship game was a, a fantastic basketball game to Nuts. watch. It was yes. <laughs> so that was like probably if if that wasn't best game of the season it was top three of of any basketball game that i saw congratulations to all of the women that made the roster congratulations to don staley and uh guys i i gotta say i feel pretty confident the women are gonna bring home a gold yeah i think you're right that's fair way Uh, to go out on a limb though no uh moving (laughs) along here uh rob was this you that posted this oh oh this video on uh yes i posted 1.1 million views one of the most ridiculous videos you'll see of just like a, it's basically a vine almost seven seconds. It's a, it's a defensive possession. Uh, why don't you give a shout out to uh, what the Twitter handle is that posted? So it's at NBA underscore mixes. Uh, and the tweet says all ball, no foul. And it's, and it like, it's bad. How does it's, it's the defender. The fact that he completely flips is, how is he, pretty crazy. How he doesn't land on his head. Cause it looks like, and he turns oh gosh, at the last yeah. second. How does he like it? Just ridiculous. Like if you were to, if you were to make a bet, what would happen when these two guys collide? That's not what you would guess would happen. Yeah. Have, have you seen the video? I Aaron? have, you, but you know what? Is this like a trend video where they go up, they, they're either looking for like a, you know, disrespect dunk or like an Epic block, but that's what you get when you got two guys coming at each other, leaping, you know, both really t- probably trying harder than they should be. I mean, you're going to get accidents. These guys are lucky. I think it's kind of actually stupid, to be honest with you. Like, it's it's crazy how it all happens. But, I mean, somebody really could have been hurt there. Uh, moving on, Rob, you've got a, a tweet for us that you want to go over. Yeah, this is from Brian Mahoney. Um, this is from a few days ago. But TNT says the inside of the studio, 
the inside the NBA studio team of Ernie Barkley, Shaq and Kenny will call the Christmas night game in L.A. between the Wolves and Lakers, in addition to their usual pregame, halftime and postgame coverage. So that's the greatest game ever. Very special treatment. Really? How cool is that? I don't I don't think they've ever done that, at least not. In, I don't think they've done it in full for sure. Not for a Wolves game, at least. I mean, that's pretty cool. So and then what a game. Uh uh, one of the, a, a follower of, of Brian asks, are they calling it in the studio or live on site? And Brian responds on site. So cool. Well, so yeah, I mean, that's basically the only way you, I mean, you could do it offsite, but you could do it from the studio. You, yeah. You gotta, you gotta have a, to, to really call it the way it needs to be called. Yes. You gotta, gotta be on the floor. This is, this is going to be a very fun game on Christmas day. I mean, let's all get a you know round of applause here for the Timberwolves nation on the fact that, this is where we're at now. Nationally televised games. You know, last year was our first Christmas Day game. We're back again. And guess what? We get the most prominent national team that covers basketball calling our game. A very special treat to top off what is a fantastic day of basketball. I love Christmas Day basketball. I it, it, I look for it every year. Before it was so, so big. It was just fun to always see. You know, I remember one year Rondo had like a little snowman on his shoes. You know, you always get to see the custom shoes or the socks. Yep. It just has always had a special flavor. Uh, moving ahead, uh, an article from Michael Pena uh, surfaced. He is a staff writer at Vice Sports. Uh, his tweet was, I conducted a Q&A with Kevin Garnett and can officially rest in peace. Um, so this is basically Kevin opening up about a lot of different things, including um, his issues with the wolves right now. And, and with Glenn Taylor, uh, if you get an opportunity uh, it's on vice sports, it's an amazing, amazing read. Um, And he talks about, you know, how nobody in the league plays with the same type of anger that he he does. Westbrook would be the closest thing that just a guy that plays with anger. But but he, I mean, ultimately, if you think about it, who really could? You know what I mean? There's no there's no KG. No, there's there's only there's only one. Um, you know, he talks about being a a Celtic for life. You know, kind of. I mean, there's 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 some some small cheap shots here and there at the Wolves upper management. He does shout out Towns quite a bit, though. He says that's my yep. young boy. That's my little brother. Well, I mean, I've seen a lot of like the special videos and montages that the Celtics put out surrounding those championship teams, you know, and Kevin even said when he showed up there, you felt the difference in franchises right away. Obviously. I mean, you know, I think outsider looking in from my perspective, I think that would be easy enough, but he says it. um, I mean, it really makes sense. Um, As far as I'm concerned, Kevin can easily have two homes, you know, I mean, embrace Celtics, understand that, you know, there was a huge majority of the Timberwolves family here in Minnesota that loved him, you know, and we wanted, you know, I tell you what, I I remember I watched that uh, interview he did with uh, George Thompson where he broke down and man, I I was so sad for him and I, I, I wanted him to go on because I wanted him to have that feeling of a championship. Cause I knew he wasn't going to get it here. So like, I think, I think the parts of him that loves Minnesota and our fan base is people that also have that experience where it's like, you know, Kevin, go, go get yours, man. You given us everything you could give. Yeah. You know? So I think there were a lot of people that, 
were sad to see him go when he got traded, but nobody was mad because we all wanted it. Was, it we it, all wanted it to happen here. Yep. But but when, once but we when realized, realized it wasn't going to happen, yep. it was it was like, yes, man, go for it. You still hope at some point they there there's there's some sort of a where he comes back and he, whether it's as an owner or something, you just, you would like him to be a part of this franchise again. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think there's any chance that happens until Glenn Taylor is gone. I mean, that's, that just kind of seems what's realistic to me. Yeah. I wouldn't disagree one bit. Uh, moving on to another NBA uh, kind of outsider slash insider. Uh, the Lakers have asked LeVar ball to tone down his criticism of Luke Walton, the head coach. There is an official statement released by uh, President Magic Johnson and GM Rob Polinka. Um, they confirmed the meeting took place. I mean, there's not a lot of info on it, but um, is there really much that has to be said? You no, know, if not you're really. A, if you're a parent of a player on any team, I don't care NBA, otherwise NBA, you're obviously going to have such higher levels of scrutiny. You don't need your your son walking into a practice and then have the coach that's coaching him know that mom or dad or whoever has called him out or said this, that, or the other thing. That puts unneeded pressures and stresses on relationships. Well, and to the credit of the Lakers, they've handled this whole thing incredibly well. well. And I think that's, I think that's magic Johnson. They could have come out straight out the gate and said, he's not welcome at games. He, you know, it, you know, every time he says something, you know, I mean, there were a lot of ways that they could have mishandled the situation and they understand that it's a father trying to support his son in maybe not the best way, but they, they see that it's there and that he's, he wants what's best for Lonzo, but there's better ways to do it. And the Lakers have handled it really well. In my opinion, the the center of attention thing for LeVar is a, is a bit much for me. I mean, they, they just were uh, playing the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. And, you know, most of the time when the camera wasn't on the game, it was on where Spike Lee and LeVar Ball were sitting. And, you know, Spike Lee is has traditionally been the very outspoken fan, but he does it with, I would say, a lot of taste. LeVar's out there jumping around, standing up, clapping, yelling to everybody. And I mean, I get it. Teach their own, do your thing. You paid for your ticket, do what you got to do. It's just, you know, sometimes you got to act as if you've been there before. And uh, LeVar Ball, it needs to just, you know, I'm I'm a fan personally of, of them. I think it's interesting and unique. I just like at this point, it's just been so much for me. I, I just, I would appreciate some some toning it down a little bit, do your thing. Kids in the league, get your other kids straightened up. That's it. All right. Let's uh, let's leave it at that. That does it for the first half show. Stay tuned for the second half coming later this week on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere great podcasts are found. You can listen to us on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel on Wednesdays from 2 to 5 p.m. and Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central.